Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hey, welcome back to a new episode. I did something on the cover graphic that I don't typically do. Basically, the title is a little piece of psychoeducation on the sequencing of what happens as we engage really strong emotions. And so there tends to be a linear progression. So from left to right, if you look at the graphic for the episode, there's habitual thinking that leads to an attitude. The attitude leads to an emotion and the emotion leads to a mood. And so that's really what I'm going to talk about today. But I'm going to talk about the habit of engaging in behaviors that have rage attached to them or feelings of rage. What do we do with them when they show up? And so several weeks ago in my own story, I had expressed interest in something that I was pretty excited about. I felt pretty brave putting myself out there and then nothing came of it. And I knew that I had been feeling optimistic and excited. And then I knew that I was feeling disappointment, but I kind of moved through it kind of cognitively like, oh, you know, whatever. Rejection's not that big of a deal. But what was interesting is it couldn't have just been disappointment because over the next couple weeks, I just experienced a lot of volatility, not because of anything that was going on in my current, but something was running under the surface for me that I couldn't put parameters to. There, there was this lingering dis-ease and I just had kind of habitual outbursts showing up like frustration and not consistently, but it was happening regularly enough that I could tell that something was off and it, it was kind of a low level angst. And then there was just kind of intermittent rage that was showing up and I was beginning to kind of pull back from some of the things that tend to be really functional and helpful for me. Things like working out or things like checking in with friends. And so there was kind of this low level depression that was starting to show its head as well. Now, the first week as those indications were showing up, I really just blamed it on hormones. We had some bad weather. My dog went and got fixed. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm just pulling back because I'm just tending to him. But as it got to like day eight, day 10, day 12, I could tell it wasn't just a situational thing going on. Something inside of me had been poked and poked in a big way and I couldn't put the language to it. And so thankfully, I know what to do in those situations. I go and I see my therapist. Now, I suspected that it was tied to rejection. I suspected that kind of my wounds of abandonment had been poked on. And, and these are buttons that I'm sure in many of our stories will have residual long-term issues. I They likely will in my story. So that part didn't surprise me. But what surprised me is I've done so much intentional growth work in my own life. And I had so many strategies to deal with this. I, I tried to, you know, dislodge the, the dis-ease that was going on. I tried to reorganize it. I tried to make sense of it. But there was just too big of a gap for me to bridge on my own. There was some language missing. And so I went to my therapist because another set of eyes on it, another set of ears and another piece of wisdom was hopefully going to help kind of shake loose what was going on here. And so, like I said, I had missed a few workouts. I knew that um, my frustration with my dog was disproportionate. So he goes and, you know, he has 
his operation and then he's on pain meds and he like suddenly forgets how to use the bathroom. So we'll go outside standing in the freezing cold and he's just standing there looking at me instead of handling his business. And the amount of animosity or the amount of um, rancor I was feeling there, it was just so disproportionate. And then throughout that couple weeks, there was just actual rage events showing up. And I've shared with you, I've dealt with rage in the past. I mean, post-separation, post-divorce, post-revocationalizing, there were a lot of pieces of rage that I had to sort through and process and deal with. I know what rage feels like in my body. Body. And so for it to show back up was actually pretty confusing, but it was it was familiar. So I knew what I was experiencing, but I also knew what it was looking like in my behaviors. And the one thing I will not let it do is just let it fester. I will not let there be a mismatch between who I want to be and who I am being. And that's why therapy for me was the, the route to go this time around. Not dealing with it just isn't an option. So as I'm sitting with my therapist, he's he's walking it through with me in a, in a very particular way. And that's what I have listed on the graphic for this episode. We have habitual thinking. And from habitual thinking, we have an attitude. From that attitude comes our emotions. And then from those emotions I'm internally experiencing, you have the externalization by way of my mood. So we're going to walk through kind of what's happening there for me. Now, the mood I've indicated was a little bit of that depression was going on. The emotions was anger. And so we're actually going to work backwards. The launching point for the issue is the habitual thinking. The experience I'm having is in in the depression and in the anger. So I'm, I'm going to kind of go at it from left to right. But as we're trying to track through maybe your own narratives, you would want to be working them from right to left, figuring out what are we seeing? What am I feeling? What's my belief? And then how am I thinking about the world? So it's this nice little equation that we can go both ways with it. And so he's talking with me from left to right and he's saying, okay, you have a habit of thinking right now that seems to be working against you. And from this habit of thinking, there's this fear or this helplessness that's showing up. So he said, I think what's happening here, Steph, is your habit of thinking is catastrophizing. Now, in my story, I am a historical catastrophizer. That's absolutely something I do. So because several weeks ago, I was feeling that rejection and that abandonment, my catastrophizing said that's how it's always going to be. And we're going to talk about problem solving in just a minute here. But that's that's the launching point for me is that catastrophizing that things will never get better. And from there becomes the attitude of fear and helplessness. So things won't get better. And number two, I don't have anything I can do about that. I'm helpless in this. When that's where I'm at, we've created a kind of a spiral of helplessness that's generating energy. And that's what we would call anxiety. And from that anxiety, I have my fight or flight showing up. And we'll talk about the distinction between them in just a minute. But for me, rage is fight. Now, what's cool about that is I wasn't engaging flight, which actually historically is more accurate for me. But my anger is showing up as a fight response to cope with the anxiety that I'm feeling. And because anxiety is borrowed energy, the mood that I started to track was depression because depression is the counterbalance. If I'm in a spin cycle and the energy doesn't have anywhere to go, it's going to tank and that's going to show up by way of depression. So about two weeks ago, my brain had something that it saw as a problem. And so it did what it was supposed to. It began to engage a problem-solving loop, but because I didn't find any answers, there were several things I, I had thought of doing, but I ruled them out for one reason or another. So this catastrophizing, this helplessness showed up and there wasn't a solution at my disposal, at least from how I perceive things. So from there, my brain gets gridlocked. 
And when it gets gridlocked, I feel this pervasive sense of fear, this pervasive sense of helplessness, this assumption that things will never get better. And so because I couldn't come up with a workable solution, I just sat there and spun and spun and spun, and that was the anxiety. And so my body did what it was supposed to do. My brain did it what it was supposed to do. It sent me into preservation mode, which is depression. So when I work backwards, anger is my cue that something in my habitual thinking is off or something had been pushed for me. And like I said, there's a little bit of relief here though, because workable solutions can actually take many forms. And in my history, one form is numbing. So instead of fighting, which isn't my default, I would usually do flight, which is my default. And so numbing through working or numbing through eating, especially binge eating, numbing through seeking attention, numbing through avoidance. There's a lot of ways I could have coped with it. And thankfully, I didn't use a strategy that would actually work against me, but I still had the fight mode going on where I just wanted to lash out. I just had this angstiness showing up. So that was a win that I didn't do anything to self-sabotage, but you still have that experience of helplessness and fear running, and it's causing a big response. Good that I'm not shutting down, good that I'm not numbing, good that I'm not soothing, but I am wondering if I'm going to lash out at people who don't deserve it, and so that's a problem. So I have a problem, or I, I perceive to have a problem, fear shows up, fear turns into anxiety, my anxiety response is to fight, and from that, because I'm not doing anything with that energy, it dips me into a depression. So if you're listening to this and rage is in your story, or even to a lesser degree, just anger is in your story, we walk it backwards and we say, okay, that's a fight response. What's the fear at play? What's the habitual thinking that's working against you? What's the catastrophizing that might be going on here? And I guess that's the main point of this episode is rage has an explanation. I work with so many clients who are scared of their anger. They feel like it's inappropriate, like it has no place. Anger and rage is an indication that things are running for us. And when we feel it, especially when it's disproportionate to what's going on in our present, it means there's something really core in us that's being touched, that's being poked at. That's where the work comes in. And so I did all I could do to sort it out. I, I worked out, I journaled, I did my devotions and prayer. I worked on trying to process it through different avenues. And those weren't loosening it up the way that gave any relief. And so for me, going to therapy was my way to organize it. Rage means that things need to be organized. Things need to be processed and something needs to be metabolized yet. And so when it shows up, I have patience with my rage. I did feel shame. I will say that. I went to my therapist and said, I'm just so sad that this is how it's showing up. I feel embarrassed, but I get why it's showing up this way. And I had a lot of patience and grace with myself in the process. I know that I have sadness running. And I also know that I'm responsible enough to deal with it when it shows up. And so I don't... I don't get impatient with myself in it. I got sad about it, but I didn't get impatient with myself in it. I will not use my rage for an excuse to do harm, but for it to not bleed on other people, I've got to do something to organize it. I've got to do something to process it. I've got to do something to work on healing it. I'm not going to use it to exploit things or get my needs met. But when it's here, I have to deal with it. And it's a calm reminder that I'm human. And that anger is part of the human experience. And so I had buttons that were pushed, rejection and abandonment. It came with a lot of sadness. And, and my anxiety response to that, to feeling helpless in that, was rage. So for me, it was catastrophizing, which led to fear, which led to anger, which led to a lot of angst. And so we work it backwards. 
We have habits of thinking that lead to emotions and responses, and they can show up as behaviors. So we have to get savvy about trying to understand them, but not just understanding them. The goal is to replace them. My habits of thinking aren't always factual, and that's where a lot of the work comes in. Cognitive restructuring means rewriting things in a way that's more organized, in a way that makes sense, and in a way that speaks truth to my experience. But in order to do that, we have to admit that something's running for us. Don't be scared of rage. It's part of the process. We just have to do something with it. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.